Oh man, welcome back to another episode of the wonderful The Arsenio's ESL podcast, baby. We are back into the business English glory. And as a matter of fact, man, it is a Thursday. We got some good episodes coming up over the next two days, including today. And I am very grateful to have you guys here with me today. So we are going to pick up where we left off in terms of negotiations, but we're going to be talking about the music industry in specific. So if we actually look at this, before I even read out this article in terms of the world's biggest band at the time, <laughs> the financial acumen, the big business, the bankability, and the rights and rips uh, ripoffs, we have to look at some of the trials and tribulations that a lot of independent artists still suffer from today because of how bad recording labels are. Now, again, if you guys, I think one of the biggest things that pe uh, one of the most famous artists of all time, Prince, had brought into, let's just say, limelight was back in the 1990s. And you probably would find some of his shorts, some of his interviews and stuff like that. He was one of the most mellow. Him and Michael Jackson were like literally one of the most mellow people on the planet, right? Very calm, down to earth, open, you name it. And he was talking about recording labels. And I remember he was having a conversation with one. And again, I'm paraphrasing. But one of them was basically trying to take away 60% of his earnings. But he went into that meeting. He was like, you know what? I had a premonition that I am the one singing. I am the one doing everything. I would like to have at least 80% cut. In the recording label, it would be basically their 80% cut. So they wouldn't make much. And then next thing you know, um, you know, this is when lots of battles in regards to recording labels, contracts, and everything started falling apart. And this is when people have become very aware. So he was the one that fought for the rights for a lot of people back then. TLC, okay, if you guys don't know TLC, one of the most famous pop bands ever back in the 1990s. Um, yeah, they would go platinum very easily. And guess how much they would get? Their managers were thieves. There were a lot of different people who had their hands and stuff, and they would always take advantage of people. Why? Because they weren't financially educated. And so fast forward into today to make this more relatable. If you look at Lisa Blackpink, you guys probably don't, but maybe you guys have heard of her before. Again, I realized that she had become very popular during, I don't know when, but I just ended up realizing who she was like in 2021. And then that was it. I guess that's the year that she really took off. And it was because there was a lot of protests out here in Thailand, her being from Thailand, she would use her music, to, you know, as art and stuff like that. But nonetheless, if you look at her contract with her recording company, they would say, you can't do this, 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 this. But the Korean ones, I forgot, I don't even know their names, Jenny, Ju Juzu, I don't know any of their names, I'm sorry. <laughs> but let's just say the other three could do whatever they want. But Lisa can't do this. She can't do promotions, can't do this. She gets paid less. She has to wear this. Her her costumes aren't as beautiful. This is all in the contract that this specific, what, what is it called? XYG? G, uh, YG? Something like that. A Korean company. This is what they put into fine print in terms of what she was able to do and not to do. So then I think over the last year, my wife brought it up because, of course, my wife is tying. She's like, listen, uh, Lisa's probably going to break away from Blackpink. I said, really? She said, yeah, listen to this. I said, oh, man, if I was her, first of all, Lisa is bigger than any two of those given stars, okay, out of the three combined. She has more followers on Instagram than Taylor Swift. That's all there is to it, okay? And so, to be honest with you, she could just literally do her own thing, and that would be the end. 
<laughs> she made an absolute killing in regards to how she dances. And again, I don't listen to K-pop whatsoever, whatsoever, right? But if I were her and I was getting re uh, ready to renew, I'd be like, excuse me, um, hell no, I'm not going to renew. And if I renew, it's only going to be as a group, not independent artists. I'm going to be able to do whatever I want, whenever I want, and you can't say shit about it. See? And that's exactly what ended up happening. What's even more and, and what's even more amazing is that, again, like I said, not a big fan of K-pop, but apparently Lisa's now getting into acting. And I'm like, oh, hell yeah. See, because I love it when people act. I love it. And I think one of the other uh, girls from that group, uh, she's getting into acting too. Because they're like, you know what? We feel like we reached our peak in regards to music. We still love music and stuff like that. But the amount of dancing and the amount of hard work that she would she got into when she was 14 years old, when she went out there and started, you know, in a dance agency in Korea. And that shit is crazy. So they're breaking into acting. And so that's going to be awesome because me, before I get into these breakdowns inside the music business, acting, there are different types of actors. There are people who just play them. And then there are people who play an entire different character. This is why the likes of Chadwick Bosman was probably the greatest because he could play different characters. Denzel Washington, as much as I love him, he plays technically himself. The only one that he necessarily did not play himself was when he did Training Day and he won an Oscar for that. There are a lot of times where people just play themselves and hey, they make a lot of money. That's cool. Adam Sandler, Jennifer Aniston, they just play themselves in movies. That's, I guess you could say, I would say that's like C-list acting. <laughs> Anywhere can just play themselves. That's totally cool. But to play an entirely different person like Jamie Foxx did in the movie Ray or what he did in Collateral or what uh, Dwayne Johnson ended up doing in the beginning of his career when he did Snitch, that is when, I mean, th that's just incredible to me. That's what uh, the definition of acting is. And so, again, it's really, but the thing is, I totally understand why people don't want to play out of character. Uh, you saw what happened to Heath Ledger, okay? Him ended up overdosing and stuff like that because he didn't, couldn't get sleep because he ended up thinking that he was Joker. Um, oh, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix. He played a, a crazy-ass character and the other Joker, too. So, again, when you play out a character like that, that's what I appreciate. And that's what I say. Oh, my God. That is phenomenal acting. So, nonetheless, let's break this down. Okay, number one. The world's biggest brand, okay? Now, this is back in, like, 600,000 years ago. But when Mick, Keith, Charlie, and Ronnie came on stage to 40,000 adoring fans... They have the satisfaction or had the satisfaction of knowing that the Rolling Stones are easily the world's wealthiest rock band, having generated more than $1.5 in gross revenue since 1989. Two-thirds of that earned on tour. They have made more money than even fellow megastars, U2, Bruce Springsteen, and Sting. Don't know anything about that. I know U2 is only one song. Uh, but other than that, uh, the Rolling Stones, I've never listened to them. Sorry, guys. I'm really not in. <laughs> you know, rock was never my thing. I was brought up on 90s R&B. You know, my dad had a big ass stereo at home in my house, 1994, 95, 96. And, uh, you know, we only had the radio back then, but he had albums and he bought a lot of albums and he would play uh, some of the most amazing music. And I'm so grateful to be, you know, born in that and the pop era. The Backstreet Boys started emerging around 95, 96. 
man, I came up in the world in that era, right? And so country music, like Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift is a mega star. My wife and everyone in Thailand likes her. I'm like, yeah, I don't listen to her. Why not? Well, that's country music. I was not brought up on that. Oh, but you can listen. I'm good. Oh, but she does pop now. I'm good. <laughs> I don't listen to today's music. I am fine with the gods of the universe from the 90s. But nonetheless, let's keep it going. Financial acumen. Now firmly established rock legends, the Stones were also a rock solid business. It was their chief financial advisor. <laughs> Very lucky. London banker Prince Rupert Zoo. I don't know how to say his last name. Let's just say he's German. Who was first to see that? Will's concerts make the money. Music rights provide the steadiest income stream. See, this is what Prince was talking about. And through the Stones, or though the Stones may never have produced a real blockbuster on the scale of Fleetwood, Max Rumors, or Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon, or Jagger and Richards. I don't know about any of those guys. I think I heard of Mick Jagger because he was actually at Aretha Franklin's... Uh, Oh my God, it was a, a church a, a church thing back in the, I believe the 60s or 70s, man. Aretha was the goddess of gods, I swear. So anyways, here we go. These guys have made over 40 albums and written more than 200 songs. Each time they get airplay, they collect 50% of royalties. See, royalties is everything, people. Royalties is what has happened to me over the past couple of days. There was a person that found me on Google and he bought all my courses and he got coaching. He's from Kuwait. Got another girl from America that ended up buying things that I already did, that I, I that, that I have already created. These are assets, and these assets can produce royalties, right? And so there are people in the film industry who puts their movies on Netflix or puts their movies on Apple, and they're able to get royalties off that every time someone plays it. Oh, man, God damn it. How much? Man, I can tell you right now. Mariah Carey's overall net worth, how much do you think came from the All I Want from Christmas is You? I want you guys to look that up. See, that is the beauty. And that's why you guys got to be very financially smart getting into the game and make sure you're not taken advantage of. Especially when you get financial advice and I'm saying, oh, let me just get my mom. Oh, your, your family will be the first one to do something to you too. So be very careful when that happens. So let's keep going. According to the Fortune magazine, that amounts to 56 million in the past decade. Microsoft alone paid them $4 million to use Start Me Up in the Windows 95 commercial. This is how they make their money, people. This is exactly how they make their money. Like, literally, if you hear all this music and stuff like that, there are royalty-free types of music that people could use. But Apple literally paid them $4 million to use something that they created five or ten years prior and a goddamn Windows 95 commercial. See, that is the beauty of mu uh, music too. So got to consider everything. This is why copyright is so important, right? And this is why copyright always hits you too, because people are like, you ain't going to use my music. As a matter of fact, I think Taylor Swift was one of the very few people who said, take all my music off Spotify. You're not making money off my music because Spotify is like, okay, stream here and, and you're going to get free streaming and you just have to pay $10 a month. How much is money of that goes to the artist? Aloe Black. One of my favorite artists, too, back in, uh, what, about eight years ago. He was one of the people that brought that up, too. He's like, hey, if you have your music on Spotify, how much are the artists actually going to make from the music? This is the issue. So now that independent artists, they can put their music on YouTube, where a lot of people, rap has fallen apart, but a lot of people have become famous, all these weird names. I can't even speak them out. You know what I mean? But in saying that, 
Big business. The music business has come a long way since the Stones started out in the 1960s. In those days, record labels like Motown, of course, Aretha Franklin, Island, and Electra all had their distinctive sound. And you could have a string on top of 10 hits but still barely be able to afford a bus fare home from the latest sellout gig. That's fucking crazy. Lord. These days, just five major music uh, music companies, UMG, Sony, Warner, EMI, and BMG control 50, uh, sorry, 75 to 80% of all commercially released recordings, and the sums of money involved are huge. See, again, I don't know how everyone else is doing it, but I would be that person to say, uh, no recording label. I can do my own thing. And this is why a lot of independent artists are doing that, and that's the beauty of it, because it's no longer the 90s where you need to be signed on and then get the, like taken advantage of by Pup Daddy and all these other folks. You could actually do your own thing. Let's keep it going. Bankability. Today's most profitable solo performers, okay, remain. And I'm, you guys are going to be blown away by this. This is going to be crazy. Now, again, today, this might have been what? I don't know. Within the last 10 years. Not today. Okay, today, uh-uh. Okay, you got Adele, you got Taylor Swift, you got uh, Blackpink, that's K-pop. Uh, who else? I, I don't know who else is there out there. I totally forgot about everyone's name. But Madonna, Elton John, Celine Dion, and Garth Brooks. That's crazy. Let's keep it going. The back catalogs of Sinatra and Elvis also bring in millions. In fact, Dead Elvis... Started out earning live Elvis. Oh, I'm sorry. Started out earning live Elvis in 1988. Let me say that again. Delvis has been uh, Delvis. Holy shit. Elvis has been dead for 600,000 years. Yes. Okay. Dead Elvis has earned what uh, started earning more than live Elvis in 1988. I don't know how that works, but you guys can put it together. The version. Oh, my God, guys. So sorry. I don't know what just ended up happening, but it is what it is. Okay. I'm telling you, man, the Wi-Fi and the, the power turning off. Man, I don't know what the hell's going on today. So let's keep it going. Okay. So I'll say it again. In fact, that Elvis started out earning live Elvis in 1988. Okay. Let's put it that way. Now, the version of Candle in the Wind, Elton John sang at the funeral of Princess Diana, Overtook Bing Cosby's White Christmas. Now, first and foremost, you're never going to be Frank Sinatra or, or, or Bing Cosby's Christmas songs. Okay, that brings back nostalgia on a, that brings back so much joy. All right. Now, again, yeah, I totally understand how, you know, what is it? Uh, Elton John's song ended, you know, taking over all this. I, I can give a goddamn. But he became the world's best selling, uh, I'm sorry, best selling single of all time at the time. The most recorded pop song ever is the Beatles Yesterday, which existed two what is it, which exists in 2,000 different versions. I believe the most streamed song now is The Weeknd, uh, Blinded Lights, if I'm not mistaken, or it could be, yeah, and he, they, uh, he ended up overtaking Ed Sheeran. I don't know anything about Ed Sheeran's song. I know how the song, you know, sounds a little jingle that it has, but Weekend overtook that song in terms of streaming, but the thing is, streaming ain't giving you much money. It's giving the record, it's giving Spotify all the money and not the artist. So let's keep it going. The top seller is Michael Jackson's Thriller, which has sold over 100 million units worldwide, more than double the most successful albums of runner ups ACDC, The Eagles, and Backstreet Boys. Oh, goddamn. Backstreet Boys. Oh, hell yeah. ACDC, I remember 
someone mentioning them about 24 years ago. Never heard their music, but let's keep it going. Let's finish this off. Rights and ripoffs. Here we go. With this kind of money at stake, it's not surprising that the relationship between artists and, and the record company can be an uneasy one with young and upcoming bombs or bands often too dazzled by the prospect of stardom to look closely at the small print in their contracts, just like what I told you. Even established performers like Prince and George Michael have had well-publicized clashes with their management. Courtney Love went so far as to file a lawsuit against Geffen Records to be released from her contract. And Mariah Carey found herself in the opposite situation, reputedly being paid off to the tune of 19.5 million pounds when Virgin Records decided it didn't want to record her after all. There it is. So people, this is the perspective that I'm giving you in terms of negotiating a contract. And we're going to be listening to another, you know, a few other things as well as the in-company interviews and stuff like that. But man, I'm telling you right now, this is what ends up happening out there in the world. It's an ugly world. It really is. But at the same time, you learn a lot from it. So with that being said, people, thanks so much for tuning in to another Business English Podcast. I'll see you guys in the next one. Over and out.